Hey there, my name is Kevin Roscoe, and my wife Barbara and I together lead the Dubai House of Prayer. If you're watching this video right now, then that means that you show some interest or excitement about uh, coming and being a part of DHOP and helping to lead sets, whether that's a devotional set, intercession set, worship with the word, or through prayer leading. We have many different outlets and expressions of worship in the House of Prayer, but we desire for everyone to watch this video first before checking out any of our other videos. And so uh, the, what I'm going to talk about in this video is the Dubai House of Prayer culture. And when I talk about culture, I mean why do we what, do what we do, what do we do, how do we behave. It's the, the way that we act, it's the way that we come into the House of Prayer, and it's the heart posture that we carry. Now some of you, this might be your first experience with DHOP, this video might be your first experience uh, with DHOP. And uh, so just to quickly share what DHOP is, um, DHOP is a ministry of the church in our city. We are an expression of the citywide church. We don't function as a local church, but yet we represent many fellowships and backgrounds all across the city. Uh, the primary thing that we do is we come together uh, to minister to the Lord through worship and prayer, and we believe that day and night prayer is God's strategy to release the greatest revival in history. That's just a short taste of what DHOP is. We'll be jumping more uh, deeper into that throughout the rest of this, this training video. Uh, but the reason that we want to talk about culture is because if we're not intentional about creating healthy culture, then unhealthy culture will be the result. If we're not intentional about talking about our values and why we do what we do, then it's going to develop anyways, but it's probably going to be an expression that uh, might not be the most healthy uh, or spiritually accurate. And so that's why we're talking about this today. We want to create healthy culture in the house of prayer, something that you can feel, touch, and experience, and that other people can be invited to. And so as we go through this video, we're going to talk about our three whys as a ministry. Why do we do what we do? We're going to talk about our three what's. What do we do? Uh, we're going to talk about how we behave, which is more about the heart posture and your attitude and the way that we relate with one another. And then we're just going to talk about some simple action steps at the end about things that as volunteers, uh, whether you're on volunteer staff or just somebody coming in once a month, what do we do when we actually come into the house of prayer? What are, what are, our, uh, what are the ways that we function when we come into the house of prayer? So just to start off with, um, Father, I just pray that you would just give us wisdom and guidance as we talk through this material, and Holy Spirit, that you would speak to every single one of us um, as we go forth. Amen. Um, so to start off with, what are our three whys? Why does DHOP exist? Why are we doing more than 20 hours every week in prayer? Uh, what's the purpose? What's the, what's the end result? And so our three whys, which I hope can be very memorable for you, is number one, Jesus is worthy. The reason why DHOP exists is because Jesus is worthy. Number two is because prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. And then number three, the reason why we gather as DHOP is because we were made to minister to the Lord. We were made for this. We were made for worship and prayer. And so just to start off with, Jesus is worthy. When we talk about something having worth, then we, we mean that that object or person has value. Uh, and, and 
value can look like an expression of time. It can look like an expression of emotion, emotional energy. It can look like an expression of, uh, of our financial resources. Can, worth can express itself in many different ways. But when we talk about God being worthy, of Jesus being worthy, then we are saying that Jesus has value. Jesus has value. The uncreated God, Jesus, coming in human flesh, taking our crosses for us so that we would be redeemed and purchased for God. What value does God have? What worth is he worthy of? The correct answer is that he is worthy of it all. His value is endless. We cannot put a money value on God. He is beyond everything. He is the most worthy. He is the most valuable. And whenever the prophets and disciples in the Bible encountered a revelation of the worth of Jesus, they always responded in extravagant worship. King David himself gazes at the beauty of God, says, the one thing I desire to do is to gaze at the beauty of God. He expressed that through day and night worship and prayer in Jerusalem by setting up uh, the tabernacle of David. Uh, Mary of Bethany, when she encountered the worth of Jesus, she reached for the most lavish and valuable thing that she had, which was her alabaster jar of expensive perfume and she broke it at Jesus' feet. And so Jesus will always be forever worthy of all of who we are, of everything that we have. And one of the greatest expressions of worth, the greatest expressions of giving value to something is through our worship. We will worship what we consider to be of great value. Whether you be from South Africa or from, from Far East or from the West, you're probably familiar with, with sports teams. And people will worship the sports team that they are following because they believe that their sports team has value. And so we, there's, there's many idols even in our own lives that we will worship because they have value in our lives. Uh, but just to use that analogy, Jesus is the most worthy of all. And we will sing about the things that are most worthy. We will express and worship the things that we find worthy. And so when we sing, when we worship, when we do house of prayer, when we do day and night prayer and worship, we are giving Jesus our best. And we are giving Jesus the worship that he, is deserve, that he deserves. And so number one, reason number one why we do what we do is because Jesus is worthy of day and night prayer and worship. He's deserving of day and night prayer and worship. Number two, why do we do what we do? It's because prayer is powerful. We defined at DHOP prayer as being relationship with God. Prayer is relationship. It's about talking to our best friend. Prayer is an incredible gift that God gives to his people to communicate and to talk with him. And he does something very special through prayer. I believe that God uses prayer to release his kingdom in the earth. And now just to paint a, a simple analogy, I have a, a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and they always want to help me do things. They want to help me 
put together furniture. They want to help me clean. Uh, they want to help me uh, do everything. They're always by my side, and they usually make messes whenever I'm cleaning. If I'm washing dishes, if I were to give them a dish, they'd probably break it. If I were to give them a, so uh, a, a uh, soapy sponge, they'd get me wet, right? And so my toddlers make a bigger mess when I involve them, but yet my heart enjoys it. I enjoy my children being there with me, though they're not really accomplishing that much. And so sometimes that's how I see how prayer is. God doesn't need our prayers. He doesn't need us at all to advance our king, his kingdom, but simply because he enjoys us, simply because he loves our presence, he invites us into ruling and reigning with him. And that tool to rule and reign with him is prayer. He wants us involved. He wants us to talk to him. He wants us to relate to him. It's an incredible uh, honor to get to rule and reign with Jesus through prayer. But so many people don't pray because they feel it's too simple. They feel as though it's too weak and not powerful, but yet it is one of the most powerful things that we can do in the kingdom uh, to advance God's plans in the earth. It's so simple that anyone can do it, yet it releases the greatest power of all compared to any other activity in which humans can be engaged. And just to simply put, our simple prayers have the power to shift the history of nations. And we express prayer at DHOP through our spoken prayers, but yet also through song. Our songs are prayers. It's singing prayers. It's prayers from our hearts. And so worship doesn't end and prayer begins, and prayer doesn't end in order for worship to begin. It's all worship and prayer. It's, it's the same category, in, in my opinion, in the way that we do it at DHOP. So number two, prayer is powerful. And then last of all, number three, why we do what we do is because we were made to minister to God. This is a big phrase at DHOP. We use it all the time, ministry unto the Lord. What that word ministry means is it's actually to bless. It's to give. It's to give something of ourselves that moves the heart of another. And so whenever I think of ministry, I think of you know ministry lines at churches, people coming up for prayer, for deliverance, for financial blessing. And uh, you know, I've been a part of those. I've prayed for breakthrough. I've prayed for demonic deliverance over individuals. But yet, in the Old Testament, the Levites and the priests were described as those that ministered to the Lord. And that always confused me because I thought, God doesn't need financial breakthrough. God doesn't need deliverance from a demon. God doesn't need supernatural healing. What is it that God needs? What is he looking after? What is he desiring? And the answer is that God is looking for our hearts. He's looking for our love. He's looking for our simple devotion, which I believe, believe moves the very heart of God and gives him delight. We were made to minister to the heart of God. Revelation 4 it says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things, and for your pleasure they exist. We exist for the pleasure of God. And I believe that when we take the time to slow down and to pray and to seek His face and to sing our love 
back to the Lord that God is not just in heaven looking down angry at us, looking for us to fulfill a quota of worship, but he's looking down with delight and he's smiling and he's dancing and he's rejoicing. And that's our greatest value of all when we come into the house of prayer is ministry to the Lord. What are you looking after? What do you like? What do you enjoy? What do you desire? Those are the things that we want to give to the Lord. Amen. So just to summarize, why do we exist? Dehop exists because Jesus is worthy of day and night worship. Prayer is powerful and we were made to minister to the Lord. Amen. I hope you can remember those three simple points. Let's move on. What do we do? What do we do at DHOP? If, if, if somebody were to come to you and, and ask, what does DHOP do? I hope that you can answer it, that question with these three points as well. DHOP does worship and prayer. DHOP does training and equipping. And DHOP exists to expand the prayer movement in the Middle East. So let's start off with the aspect of prayer and worship. So right now we're currently gathering in DHOP about 24 hours a week, and I hope that by the time you watch this video a year from now that we're far beyond that. But we desire to give God our best. And in King David's days, David's best looked like 24-7 prayer and worship. Today, our best is not 24-7. Our best is 24 per seven days. But yet, as God brings to us more families, more fellowships, more individuals, and more languages, we desire to give God more and more worship in our city. We desire to give him our best. And so, number one, we do prayer and worship. That speaks for itself. Day and night prayer and worship. Um, desiring to expand to give God our best. Number two, uh, DHOP does training and equipping. Right now, we have a three-month uh, DHOP internship where we cover prayer, worship, intimacy with Jesus in the end times. And by next year, we're desiring to grow to two internships a year so that we can equip more of the body of Christ in these values. Uh, we also offer to those churches that get involved directly training and equipping so that they can grow as a fellowship in prayer as well. So that's number two. What do we do is we do training and equipping. And then last of all, uh, we have a strong desire to expand day and night prayer throughout the Middle East. Malachi 1.11 says that from the rising of the sun to its going down, my name shall be made great among the Gentiles, and in every place incense shall be offered to my name, and a pure offering for my name shall be made great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. And so this is a prophetic passage in the scripture. It will be fulfilled but yet, when God speaks prophetically in the Bible, it's never a statement of just what God is going to do, but it is an invitation for how we can be involved in the story. And we at DHOP desire to be involved in the story of seeing Malachi 1.11 fulfilled in our region. And so our desire is to support prayer ministries and houses of prayer throughout the Gulf nations and beyond. Uh, we're currently partnering with several houses of prayer in the Gulf, uh, House of Prayer in Pakistan, and we are connected relationally with many other houses of prayer throughout the 1040 window. And so as you become more involved in DHOP, you will see this as also a strong value of ours. All right, so we're almost there at the end of this video, hopefully. Uh, we talked about the three whys, 
talked about the three what's. Now we're going to talk about the three how's, which is how we behave. And so this is the way that we relate to one another. It's our heart and it's our mindset when we come into the house of prayer. So I'll just quickly name the three. Number one is we love like family. We love like family. Number two is we are humble hearted. We value humility and teachability in the house of prayer. And then number three, we have a we get to do this heart posture. A heart posture that says to the Lord, we get to do this. Thank you. It's a, it's a position of gratitude when we come to the house of prayer. We say thank you. So just to start off with family, uh, this isn't just a value in DHOP. This is actually a kingdom value. That if you are a Christian and you are living in the kingdom of God, God calls you to relate to your brothers and sisters in Christ as family. Now, we're not here to take the place of your home church. And so many times when the word spiritual family is used, it's, it's used to describe your, the rhythm of life that you have with your home church. And we are by no means seeking to replace your home church. But yet this is a kingdom value that goes beyond your local church. Is that God actually calls the entire church of the city to relate to one another as family. And that it's in the midst of spiritual family that God chooses to dwell. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 through 22, it says that we are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Another word for household is family. We're members of the family of God. Having been built on the foundation of apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone, being fitted together, we're growing together as individual blocks, finding our place in the citywide and in the global family, growing together as a holy temple in the Lord, the place where the glory of God dwells, being fitted together for a dwelling place for God in the Spirit. This is our destiny as the body of Christ, is become the modern-day dwelling place for God. Just as God dwelt in the old temple, He desires to dwell in like manner in His New Testament temple, which is His church. And the way that we do that is by coming, first of all, together as spiritual family. And so this isn't just a name or a title that we throw out. It's actually a way of living, a way of relating to others, and also a magnifying glass for our own hearts. This isn't to point the finger and say, you don't love me good enough. You don't love me well enough. But it, to take your finger and point it at your own heart and ask yourself the question, do I love my brothers and sisters good enough? Do I love them as Jesus calls me to love them? Some of the ways that this expresses itself is, by not allowing small, petty disagreements to divide us. It looks like preferring others, serving others, believing the best about others' motives. When we get offended by someone else, do we believe the best about them or do we believe that they're evil, wicked people and we treat them like that? Family doesn't do that, but it's about being one another's biggest champions. And communication is a big part of that. If we are passive-aggressive towards others, if we choose not to talk about the things that hurt us, then it's not really loving our brothers and sisters. 
When we treat one another as family, we seek to be the bridge so that we can come together in unity and in oneness. And because we live in Dubai, we're going to offend one another. There's too many cultures. There's too many nationalities. There's too many people groups. Offense is going to happen. But when we're family, it is a choice to pursue one another even when we offend one another and get upset. And then just the last aspect of family is we don't seek to hold on to people and to grasp them at and to be jealous when other people leave towards other ministries. At DHOP, I'm saying this as a leader, I desire us to be a greenhouse where people come in and they grow and they develop and perhaps later they get transplanted into another vineyard or into another forest, but to never be a pot with a lid where people come in and we keep them inside and we pressure them to stay. But family is open-handed that when it's time for people to go, we release them gladly. And for every single one of you watching this video, it's our desire that you come out, come into D-Hop, that it would be a greenhouse for your spiritual walk with the Lord so that in the moment that God calls you elsewhere, we release you gladly and you are a better person when you leave than when you came in. Amen. I have a lot more to say about family, but for the shortness of this video, I'm going to keep it at that. So value number one, how do we behave? We love like family. Value number two, we are humble-hearted. 1 Peter 5.5 5 says to submit yourselves to one another. Be submissive. Be clothed with humility. Put it on. Choose to put it on like a shirt. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. This is a powerful, powerful truth that when we walk in humility, God releases grace into our lives. And grace is not just an aspect of salvation, as the Bible teaches, but also as the Bible teaches, grace happens when God comes behind you and empowers your life to serve him and to live in a godly way. When grace comes, tasks get easier. When grace comes, difficulties get easier. Ministry gets easier. And we need that God-empowering strength of grace in our lives. God says, when you live in humility, you get grace. At the same time, if you live in pride, God says that he will resist you, which means he will fight against you if you live in pride. It says in James 3.16 that pride and selfish ambition is demonic and the root of all evil. Selfish ambition means focus on myself. If I'm at the center of my world, if I'm at the center of my own attention, God calls that demonic. It's a powerful word. It is demonic in the root of all evil to put our attention on ourselves. But humility is what invites the presence of God and that's what we want when we come into D-Hop, is we want humility that invites the presence of God. I believe that humility looks like several things. I believe it looks like teachability. It looks like the ability to be corrected and to receive feedback and to do it with a happy heart. I believe that humility looks like servanthood. I believe that 
humility looks like true leadership, which is going lower in order to support the rest that you are leading. Uh, it's thinking not more of yourself, but considering the needs of others and looking out for others. Such a strong value. And I want to invite you to carrying your heart with humility as well. It's one of the greatest values in the kingdom. And then the last point of how do we behave is it's a we get to do this mentality. It's a, it's a, it's a heart posture of thanksgiving and thankfulness. Isaiah 56 verse 7 says, Even them I will bring into my holy mountain, and I will make them joyful in my house of prayer. God calls his church a house of prayer, which means it's the way that we relate to God. Prayer is relationship, and God says, I want my people to be known for their relationship with me. He says, in the midst of my house of prayer, I will make them joyful. One of the greatest values of the house of prayer is it for it to be joy Filled. And when you come into the house of prayer, I want to invite you to come in with joy. Sometimes joy is, joy is a choice. You actually have to choose joy. You have to choose thanksgiving. We enter into his courts with thanksgiving, which means we might not have started in that place. We might not have felt like giving thanksgiving. But as we choose thanksgiving, we enter into his courts and the Lord gives to us joy. I believe that the house of prayer, coming in to minister to him, coming in to be a priest is a great privilege and honor. And I want to invite you to see that in the same way that we get to do this. We don't have to do this. You don't have to come and serve at DHOP, but I want to, chat, I want to offer this to you. You get to serve at DHOP and to experience the joy of ministry to the Lord. Mike Bickle tells a story of when Bono came to visit in, uh, at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, a 24 house of prayer in, uh, in America. And uh, Bono, the leader of, of, a, of a band, wanted to come in and visit him. But Mike Bickle made him wait because he said, I have a commitment to my prayer room assignment, which is a two-hour assignment that he, he had committed to a two-hour watch in, in Kansas City. And he said, I have a meeting with the king that I can't avoid. I have a meeting with the king that I can't give up. And he said, I'm going to put meeting with Jesus before meeting with Bono. And uh, yeah, what, what I'm saying, what Mike is saying, and what I'm not, what, what we're not saying is, you know, you have no choice, like come to D-Hop every time, you can't ever cancel but what we are saying is to value the time as a time to meet with your king and to not take that time lightly, to not cancel it uh, just because you're tired or to not cancel it because you're sleeping in or uh, because of some other project that you're working on, but to really value it as a meeting with the king. Uh, and so that's value number three is it's a value of thanksgiving, saying to the Lord, and saying to yourself, we get to do this. We get to do this. Um, so to quickly summarize, we talked about our three whys. We talked about our three whats. talked about our three how we behaves. 
and then I, I'm just going to share uh, what do we do when we come into the house of prayer? What, what, do, what do we do? Which is personally, what do you do? And so what, what do you do is you show up, which is if you've committed to a time, if you've told one of the section leaders that you're going to come in, come in for your watch. You know, try, try to do your best to come in for the time that you've committed to. Uh, so number one, you show up. Number two, when you come to the house of prayer, and you're like, what do I do? What am I doing here? Number two is you tell Jesus that you love him. Remember the value of ministry to the Lord. We tell Jesus that we love him. We prioritize ministry to the Lord in connection with him. Number three, number three value is you pray on the mic, which really what that looks like is serving. If you've committed to sing, if you've committed to prayer lead, if you've committed to serving in sound or, pro or projection and setup, be involved. And we just simply summarize that as praying on the mic. Do your part. Don't sit back and be a spectator, but get involved. And then number three, connect with your, uh, number three, number four, connect with your section team. That's, a, that's number four on the list is DHOP is just not just about ourselves, individualistic, come in and pray, but we're doing it as spiritual family. We're doing it as the citywide church and God dwells in unity. He, he dwells in family. He dwells in oneness. And so I challenge you when you come into the house of prayer, don't just come in talk to Jesus and leave, but also talk with the people in your section. Talk with those that you're serving in, and I believe that the Lord will meet us there. Amen. And so, quickly summarize, and then I'm going to end with our vision statement, and that will wrap up this culture video, DHOP culture video. So number one, why do we exist? We exist because Jesus is worthy, prayer is powerful, and because we were made to minister to the Lord. What does DHOP do? DHOP does day and night prayer and worship. We do training and equipping, and we are all about expanding the prayer movement and day and night worship throughout the Middle East in our region. How do we behave? Number one, we, we love like family, we're humble-hearted, and we have a, a heart posture of we get to do this. Uh, the, uh, there might be a better way of saying that, but the gratitude, a heart of gratitude that says we get to do this. And then last of all, what do we do? What do I do when I come in the house of prayer? Number one, I show up. Number two, I tell Jesus that I love him. Number three, I pray on the mic. And number four, I connect with my section team. And uh, to summarize vision statement, I don't expect you to remember this, but in light of all that we talked about, this creates the seedbed for our vision statement, which is this. Jesus is not receiving the worship he deserves in the Middle East. Therefore, DHOP is a ministry of the church in our city that exists to advance day and night prayer with worship, or day and night prayer and worship until the Middle East sees and sings of the worth of Jesus. To see means to encounter it for yourself, and then to sing means to respond to the worth that you've encountered. This is God's strategy for the greatest revival and the fuel for finishing the Great Commission. When we embrace together the values of day and night prayer, the church awakens and the gospel is preached with power in the nations. Thank you for taking the time to watch this video, and it's my prayer that you come 
and labor with us and sow with us in the place of day and night prayer and worship to see Jesus exalted, his worth exalted, and the gospel to be preached with power unto the greatest revival in history. Thank you so much. Look forward to getting to know you better. God bless.